to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with experts and trendsetters who are leading innovation in law enforcement, private security, and personal protection. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Welcome to episode 25 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. On today's show, we are going to piggyback off of episode 19 with Scott Walker, where we talked a bit about transitioning from law enforcement to corporate security. Today, we are going to talk to Carlos Francisco, also known as the Corporate Security Translator. Carlos is a regional security manager at Facebook and is the host of the Corporate Security Translator podcast. On today's show, Carlos is going to talk about some of the challenges and nuances of transitioning into corporate security, and he's also going to announce the release of his new three-part book series and podcast. So without further delay, here is my interview with Carlos Francisco. Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. I'm excited to have you on today. We're going to talk about uh, transition from law enforcement to corporate security some more. Man, what's up, big dog? Thank you for having me. You're awesome. I appreciate you having me on here. It's going to be a party. Listeners, it's going to be a party here for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Maybe a little bit different, a little bit crazier, but we're going we're gonna to have fun while doing it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Carlos is bringing the sound effects with him today. Uh, oh, from hold on. Hit- round of applause yeah yeah so we're gonna have some fun with that during the show here but yeah like i said we're gonna talk a little bit about transition and this is kind of a good segue i think from episode 19 that we did with scott walker in fact you and scott walker are are pretty good buddies right yes we are he's an awesome guy used to work at facebook now i work at facebook um so yeah we have some great conversations what did so you did you take his old job or what no, no, no. He was he man, he's too cool for me, but I, I was way you know, I'm way below him. He's he's a big timer, man. I'm a little timer. So <laughs> Well, either way, you've certainly positioned yourself as a, a sort of a guru or expert in uh, helping not just law enforcement, but uh, first responders in general, military veterans transitioning from their full-time careers into their I, I would say their government careers into corporate security and helping set them up for success. So tell me more about that. Yeah, man, I, there, was a, there was a point in time where I realized that there was a lot of folks that were transitioning from the military, law enforcement, emergency services, and the federal careers that they thought it was an easy transition. You come in, I, I've done these roles. It's an easy transition into corporate security. I got this. And then what I realized that, you know, in the beginning, it's tough. It's, it's an uphill battle just to understand security as a whole. There's a lot of folks out there in the military and law enforcement, all the fields that we, we mentioned that don't really work with major budgets, don't really work with access control, don't really work with intrusion detection systems, don't really work with software, hardware, or any, anywhere that has to do with corporate security and how we run our business. They don't understand the agreement in between an SOS or a contract or a work of statement and how, you know, those security officers and a third party vendor are not yours. It's not like you're a captain or a colonel in the army and 
all those folks below you are yours, you know, and you got to lead them where, where in, in our world, they're not yours and the relationship in between those. So I realized that there was a lot of help that I can kind of help people out, set them up, you know, for success right before they transition out of those careers into the corporate security. And I said, well, let me put a little something together and hopefully help them as they're going through the transition, at least prepare them for, for what's about to come. So would you say that, I mean, most, most of these guys are, and gals, I would assume that want to transition sort of have this misconception. They're like, Hey, you know what? I could dress sharp. I can put on a gun. I know tactics. Uh, I know how to, <laughs> you know, I know how to whip somebody's butt with some jujitsu or Krav Maga. And therefore yeah. I can, I can go into corporate security. Is that, is that sort of the single greatest misconception? So that's it. And, I, and Scott and I, you know, talked talked about it just the other day too. And it's like a hey, kicking down doors, kicking down doors, AR-15s, AR, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, um, any, any of the weapon systems that are out there, like you're never going to use that in the corporate world. So it's pointless. So you think you have the mentality, oh, I got all this down, but most of the stuff you have down, you'll never use other than leadership in the corporate security world. So, yeah. So how do you overcome that? Whether you're talking to people one-on-one or through your podcast, whatever other mediums that you have, how are you overcoming that misconception? How do you help people understand that it's not, it's not that, and it's, it's vastly different. Yeah. Well, first of all, man, I got to gain their respect and I have to gain their trust because I'm about to tell them that, Hey, uh, thank you for your 25 years in the military, 25 years in law enforcement and 25 years in the federal careers. I could not do it. I was a cop for a couple of years and then became a reservist, but of the other seven, so nine total, I couldn't do it. I couldn't put up with it. I went into it at an older age and just couldn't do it. You did it. Therefore, there are some principles that you're bringing in that are going to be amazing, but I got to tell you some truths. I got to be honest with you. There's some things that you're missing that you are that you need in order to be successful in the corporate world. So first, I got to gain their trust. I, they have to believe in me, and they have to know that I care. Where, where I'm coming from is from the heart, man. I'm not trying to put you down. I, I have a tremendous respect for what you do. That's why I do what I do. So once I get that, once they say, all right, man, Carlos, uh, the corporate security translator really wants to help me. And that's when we start breaking down a lot of the technical stuff that is extremely important. The culture in, in the cor- corporations, that's extremely important. The approaches to things, approaches to meetings, how you walk, how you talk. And, you know, then we break down budgets, you know, uh, standards, policies and procedures. Uh, like I said, intrusion detection systems, camera systems. I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything just to prepare them or give them a little bit of a, of a nugget of what they're going to need, even for their interviews, you know. So it, it's, it's a process, but I do it out of love. So I, I love how you pointed out that you have to gain their trust first. And that's your your first step. That's the first goal that you set when creating these, these relationships and trying to help somebody with that transition. You know, that's one of, one of the things that I talk about a lot is, and, and it's from a marketing perspective, so it's a little bit different, but kind of the same idea. Yep. It's just understanding the phases of a rela- relationship. Every relationship, <laughs> yes. every relationship, no matter what it is, follows these three phases and you can't skip one. You can't spend too little or too much time in any one. And, and that's curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. And they have to be in that order. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And and the enlightenment piece is is that and the commitment that I have towards those folks, the military, law enforcement, emergency service, and federal folks, they have to see that. That my commitment is there. Look, I, I you know, we spend myself, Scott, uh, even uh, Brian Tuscan is another one that's out there doing a lot of great things. Uh, he's the chief security officer out at Microsoft. We're spending a lot of our own personal dime, our own personal time, and our own personal everything. Uh, you know, my wife usually goes, "Oh, you got another podcast." Well, it's how I give back. You know, I wasn't born in the U.S., by the way. A lot of people don't know this. I was not born in the U.S., but I'm one of the proudest Americans that you come across. If you talk to me, I I mean, I'm more American than a lot of people I know. And maybe I'm overdoing it because I was born in Brazil. And but I love those people so much. And I I don't know how to give back other than to do that. Man, it's just it. Again, we give a lot of time out of our families to do this. And and we just want people to know uh, that we care. And we're out, you know, trying to help. So, yeah. Well, on everybody else's behalf, I sure appreciate, (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) you making that commitment because uh, I think there's, like you said, there's a need for that right now. There's a lot of people that are considering this sort of a path. Uh, You know, I I tend to talk more about what I call copreneurship and starting your own business, but you're kind of on the other side of that. And there's lots of cops that they don't want to start their own business. They don't want to be an entrepreneur. Right. They they just want to find an opportunity in the private sector that relates to them and embodies who they mm-hmm. are in character and spirit. And private security or, or corporate security often become sort of the the target, uh, the, the object of uh, interest in those sort of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Adam, you're right, by the way, too. So when I sit down with somebody and I get, you know, I put time in my, my calendar to sit down with folks all the time. I'm also with Veterati, which is a, a wonderful uh, group of people that that mentors uh, military folks. You know, when I put time, I, I literally tell them at times, man, you might just want to go be a cop. Like whenever you retire, go be a cop, because I don't think the corporate security world is going to be for you. Your heart, your mission is still kicking down doors uh, and, and, and doing those things, you know, guns, 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 kicking out doors. Uh, it might not work for you. And then I also say exactly what you're saying, Adam. Hey, you might want to try your own company, your investigative company, your own intelligence company, your own yeah. consulting company, your own pick, pick one of those. And, um, you know, you or there's a lot of those companies out there already. Right. And, and you know this, you interviewed a bunch of those folks that are out there already consulting. See if you get in one of those teams and and, and you know, put in your two cents in, into into our world. So, yeah, for sure. There's no one size fits all solution. And you've got to assess the, the situation before you start throwing advice out there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, you know, and I've, I've seen it all. Look, I started with the Walt Disney Company a long, long time ago. 1994 is when I started with them. I was with them for 21 years. I, I've been led by the, the most amazing people that you can possibly imagine. You know, everybody retires, they go to Florida. That's the thing. I literally do think that every military branch, when you when you go out and get your last DD-214 or whatever it is that you get as you're walking out, man, they literally have an HR sheet that says, go to Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> and we get the most amazing. Look, at one time I led I led a captain that was an NYPD when, when 9-11 happened, a sergeant when 9-11 happened. I had a one-star general in the Army, and I had a, a command sergeant major, E-9. And I'm leading them, and I'm like 31 years of age. You think I was leading them? No, man. They were teaching me everything that you could possibly imagine about leadership. So, again, another reason why I have to give back to those folks, because I wouldn't be where I am today without amazing folks like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about what are some tips or advice that you give guys before they're going into an interview? What What's different about interviewing for the for pri- private sector versus in law enforcement? Yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, you know, I start even a little bit with culture, if you don't mind, Adam. I, I tell them, look, yeah. you, you got you're about five years out, three years out or something like that. You need to start connecting with people on LinkedIn. You go connect with somebody in the tech industry. Go connect with somebody in the biopharm industry. Go connect with somebody in the hospitality industry. And then ask them to pick their brain. The great thing about folks in our line of business, either military, law enforcement, security, we love to help. And that's probably the reason why we got into this to begin with. We love to help. So l- reach out to them. Back in the days, I used to say, go buy them a cup of coffee, buy them lunch, dinner, whatever the hell you have to do to go and get into their brains. Today, it's even easier. You got to do a, you got 15 minutes of your time because you want to learn what those cultures are about to see if you're a fit. Let's say you found your fit. Now you start applying for different jobs. The great thing that that you've hopefully were able to put together is a group of people that are already inside the building. I talk about this concept of finding someone that's inside the building. Back then, your resume would get you through the door. Congratulations. Today is not that way anymore. What you need to do is find somebody that's inside the building that can put your resume into past the front door of the building. And then ultimately, it gets you through the front door. Look, I work for Facebook. One position, we get about 500 applicants, okay? 500 applicants. You have to beat the odds. Beat the odds. Meet somebody from the inside. They can put your resume right to the hiring manager, and that skips you getting into the building. So you do that, right? You create some relationships. You go through the building. Then let's say you do. You do get the job. The great thing about, uh, I mean, uh, you do get uh, the opportunity to go through an interview. The great thing about companies today is that the recruiters, they get measured by how many people get the job. So they're doing everything in their power to set you up for success. What I say, listen to everything they have to say. Navigate through every website they send you. Prepare for interview. Uh, If you go to Amazon, I was was a cluster manager, leader with Amazon, the region of California. And we used to tell people all the time, learn the star method of interviewing. Well, they sent me that and they said, look, you want to interview well for us? You follow that. That's the recruiter. You follow the star method, right? So that's exactly what I did. I took it in and I learned it. So pay attention to the recruiters. Now you get to the interview. Ask the recruiters, how should I dress? I work for Facebook. I, when I tell you people, people come to work in sandals, board shorts, and I've seen guys wearing a naked, a naked girl t-shirt. A t-shirt with a naked girl walking around campus because it was art. Adam, <laughs> it was art, my friend. It's art. It's wow. okay, buddy. It's it's Facebook. Now, we wouldn't do that, right? But what, what I'm trying to get to is that if you come and you interview with a suit and tie at Facebook, I'm telling you, my, my desk, because we're all open desks at Facebook. When I was in the office, my desk was at the front entrance of our building, our security building. I saw everybody that came in. And I am telling you, if you came in for an interview with a suit and tie, automatically we were talking about you. And the odds of you getting that gig because we're not that stiff. Look at me, man. You know, I'm a regional guy in charge of a bunch of data centers, man, throughout the U.S. I'm not that stiff. Imagine if you came in with a suit and tie. So learn that. Don't, Don't come in with a suit and tie. Learn about the interview process. Learn if follow the the recruiters. Uh, learn from your buddies. Ask your buddies. Hey, how did you interview? How do people interview? At, at you know, create some relationships on LinkedIn. I know that was a lot, bud. 
But Adam, I could keep on going, man. You, you got to stop. No, me that's good stuff. You. You, you made an excellent point there that, you know, you, th- there is no steadfast rules for how to interview or how to present yourself because it okay. depends upon the culture of the company that you are looking at interviewing with. Right. I mean, so what works right. for Facebook might not work somewhere else. And it, it, that's that's a really important point to make. Yeah, that's absolutely it, man. You have to look culture. You have to know the culture. You have to know if you know yourself that you're just a rigid human being, it's okay. It's okay. But I'll, I promise you, do not go work at Facebook. Don't. So I'm uh, AWS I'm not, will be a, a good one for you, actually. No, yeah. serious. Uh, if you're coming out of the military, law enforcement, uh, Amazon is always hiring, and there's a reason why they're always hiring because they're very militaristic. And if you can, if you go fall in line and that's what drives you every single day, I'd highly suggest Amazon or AWS, Amazon Web Services. Huh, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that there would be such a dichotomy between the two. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, they, you know, the principles, they're hard driving. They're hard driving. It's a hard driving company. You know, there's a reason why they are who they are. And to give you another insight. Leaders at Amazon only last 16 to 18 months. A lot of people don't know that. 16 to 18 months. I was with Amazon one year and 10 days to be exact. There's a reason why I was with Amazon one year and 10 days, which I'm not really going to talk about, but you can guess. It just sometimes it's a fit. Uh, what I learned in my, getting older now in my career that there is such thing that it just wasn't a fit. A lot of people are afraid to say those words uh, as you're trying to get hired somewhere else, but it's, it wasn't a fit for me. Or a year and 10 days, there's these stocks that hit you at your one year anniversary. I waited 10 days to make sure I hit my bank account, but that's a whole, whole other story. But leaders, <laughs> yeah, leaders are, you know, somewhere between 16 to 18 months. And in the one year that I was there, I had four different bosses. Oh, wow. Four different bosses. So that's, that's hard to that's manage. Difficult. Uh, well, it's hard as, a, as an employee, right? Because you get sent in four different directions. So think about this. If you're a person that desires a mission, you live by a mission, that might be tough for you because every three months, your new boss was giving you a different mission, a different approach. If you're a person that enjoys the mission, corporate security, it might be a miss for you. Because a lot of times I still try to find my mission. When I was a cop, I knew exactly what my mission was. Today, I struggle with that a lot. And in uh, one of the podcasts that I did, if y'all, if y'all got a chance to listen to, is um, one that I did with Altaf Bora. And he was an intelligence uh, military special forces guy. He actually works for Facebook. And he was pretty candid about, man, my feelings. I don't have the feelings that I used to have when I was in a, in a group. You know, a group of, of guys and gals that had a mission and we were willing to die yeah. for each other, right? The corporate world doesn't give you that. It's not going to give you that. But guess what may give you that? The cop world. The, my squad. My, I still talk to my squad till today out of Seminole County Sheriff's Office. I mean, I still talk to the police chief when I went to, to Howie in the Hills as, as a reservist because they had a reservist program. You know, it, you're not going to get that in the corporate world. That's, that's the ones that I go, hey, you, you either might want to start your own company. Or there's a lot of police force, especially in today's world, that are dying for great military folks, folks that are looking for that second career. They're looking for them. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that uh, th- that feeling of isolation and separation from the camaraderie of a pack, if you will, is is 
Yeah. It's real, man. I talked about that on a very recent episode that just aired a couple weeks ago about I, my experience in transitioning out of law enforcement <laughs> and feeling feeling like I was isolated and not knowing really how to address that kind of losing focus on what my purpose and mission were. You know, while yeah. I could enjoy my business and what it provides for me and the lifestyle it's created for me and uh, all of those things, you know, I enjoy helping my clients grow their businesses. There was that feeling of well, this isn't the same as going to work every day and knowing, you know what, I'm going to go bust a drug dealer today, or I'm going to you know, help yeah. rescue this, this woman from a lifetime of domestic violence or you know, whatever it may be, you know, um, it's very different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah, man. And it's, you know, you, you can only be a sheepdog for so long, you know, for, for the folks that understand that comment. And I think all of us, I think all, a lot of your listeners understand it. Everybody, we're sheep sheepdogs, man. We're not trying, you know. We're, we're in our own path, trying to protect the whole world and all that other stuff, man. But you might not get that in corporate security. You just, you just, the odds are you're not going to get it. And um, you know, and it's sad to see, by the way, the ones that fail in corporate security world were not able to transition to sh- shut off that switch and go into a corporate mentality which is a lot different man it's a lot of comp- competition it's a lot of project management so again look not every company is like that okay I, one thing that i despise when people go ah you're putting a blanket statement on everybody lord I'm talking about my experience you know and that's my experience you, you can't live my experience yeah man but that's that's what I try to do. I just try to help people find their own path, man. Uh, I'm open all the time for conversations, and and I like them to be honest with me, you know, really what they're trying to do and try to accomplish. Look, some some folks, Adam, they they were uh, you know lieutenant colonels and up, let's say, they spent a lot of years getting to those positions, and they did really well, and they automatically think, well, if I don't get a director or vice president position in a major corporation. It's no good. It's unbecoming of my resume. Or, and I'm like, listen, man, you're starting a whole new thing. Why don't you just focus on getting into a company, concentrating and learning about the corporate security business, show what you can do, which is leadership. That's what those folks, people that are coming out of those fields, man, that's what you have. Show that. Show the team. Show the camaraderie. Build that team. And you know, I promise you, you're going to move up. But a lot of them are like, well, you know, I, I worked hard for this. And I said, I know. I know you worked hard for this. So have I. We all have. That's what we do. But you have to be honest with yourself and you got to be serious about what you want to do in your approach, you know. And humble, so. right? Humble about it. Oh, my it. God. And humble yeah. and being able to learn, man. Being able to learn is a key because you, there's a good chance. And I always say it in, in the book, by the way, I've got, I also have a book coming out. It's called uh, So You Want to Get Into Corporate Security. It's coming out June 30th. Uh, pre-sales are, are on right now. But I talk about there's a good chance a couple of your first months in those rooms, those folks that are in there, and it might be 20 years younger than you, probably know more about security systems than you do. There's a good chance they know more about security standards, policies and procedures, post orders, contract negotiations, going through RFPs. You have to listen to them. You have to be humble enough to listen to them. You're like a new baby. It's a new, you're a new baby. It's a new life for you. And that's okay. But there's wonders about being a new baby because everything is so cool. I want you to literally go back. And I've said this before. <laughs> go back to when you were a kid, man, and everything was so cool. We can't go back. I mean, a lot of those A personality folks can't do it. And that's why sometimes I say, hey, I don't know if corporate security may be for you. 
because you have to, to be a baby in, in wonder. You have to wonder every day when you come to work. All, all the new opportunities and new things to learn and, and uh, uh, new insights to gain. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know about so, your side of town, but I'm sure it's kind of like the same way. Even when if you're starting a new company or something like that, you have to really be humble and willing to learn, man. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to learn. You, you have, you know, everybody, especially now, because I've, uh, I'm, I'm a few years in and everybody's like, man, you, your, your business is so successful. You're doing awesome. You're coaching all these other people and starting their business. And yeah. they think that I was just born with that somehow. Like it was just natural. <laughs> right. And there, there was a lot of really stupid mistakes that I made and I'm still yeah. making, you know, it, it, we all, we all got to learn lessons. And, and that's the only way that we can in fact present what we learn to others is often by making mistakes and doing it the wrong way the first time. It's, it's right. just the, the process of, of figuring it out. Yeah. And, and yeah, if you're not humble about it, then you can't receive advice. You can't receive criticism. Uh, yeah. And then you're, you're bound to fail. Your business's marketing should be divisive. Now, I'm not saying you should offend everyone with off-color humor or politics. What I mean is this. Your messaging should be so on point and focused at the people you actually want to do business with that everyone else should immediately recognize they are not the right fit. Very few businesses are successful by marketing themselves to everyone. The quicker someone can recognize that what you are offering is not for them, the less your time and marketing dollars will be wasted on them. On the opposite side of that, the quicker someone can identify that you are the perfect fit, your conversions will be higher and you will be able to command a higher dollar for your offering. If you are a copreneur, I want to challenge you this week. Take a hard look at your website, your lead generator, your email campaigns, and your social media and ask yourself this question. What can I do to immediately engage my ideal customer and turn away everyone else? Then make those changes and watch the results. If you need some inspiration for this exercise, listen to the first seven chapters of the Marketing Minute by going to psi.chat forward slash marketing minute. And if you don't have a website or even know how to create an effective lead generator or email campaign, I want you to email me at adam at leotoceo.com so I can show you just how simple it is. Let me, let me ask you a question, but I don't know if it's a person or not, but you know, there's a lot of folks that might want to get into that kind of side of your side of town. And have you ever been afraid when, when you were starting now, you know, cause now you, I'm guessing you have to provide for you and you, I see some pictures behind you. So you have a family and stuff you have to, you have to provide. Were you ever afraid? You're like, man, I'm going to do this. I hope it works. Have you been afraid? You're like, ah, I got this. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And some, sometimes I still am. Um, but you have to be a little bit afraid, right? Because that's what, that's what helps you make wise decisions. But, you know, I was, I was fortunate when I, when I left, I actually retired. I do have an ID that says retired on it just for the record. I know there you go. like, everybody's like, dude, how can you, how can you be retired? But anyway, uh, huh. when I retired, I knew I was going 
to be leaving. I had six months to kind of plan for that. And so that six month period of time, I was socking money away where I could, you know, right. um, I also had this distinct advantage that when I left, I had a bunch of leave buyout accumulated. And so Perfect. when I, when I left, I cashed out and I was able to, I was able to fund the first six months of being unemployed, if you will, <laughs> or self-employed, you know? And so that, that really helped by the time that six month period had lapsed, we were already well on the way to, to, to being successful and having a steady income. And so, you know, right. I, I, not everybody has that, but that's part of what I preach to everybody and talk about is, you know, don't just, don't just ride through your law enforcement career on the seat of your pants and figure, you know, I'm just going to assume I'm going to be here for the rest of my career. And I'm going to, I'm going to be here until the day I turn 60 and I can retire and get a full pension. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're right. going to get an injury and be out in a heartbeat. Um, maybe your circumstances like mine, I was second in command of the sheriff's office. I was appointed by the sheriff. The sheriff lost his reelection campaign in the primary. And, mm. you know, all of a sudden, you know things how changed goes. for me. Yeah. And so uh, it wasn't what I anticipated or, or planned either. And, and in fact, I, I could have I very well could have continued my law enforcement career, but I chose not to. I yeah. chose to, to take this adventure into copreneurship and but yeah no i mean there's there's always periods i think what you're and what you're getting at and what you are likely experiencing with with the folks that you work with is that whenever you do something new whenever you make an adjustment into a new career a new it really kind of a new identity in in a way there's yeah. there's always going to be a period of uncertainty and unknown and with that comes some level of fear and anxiety about, is this going to work? How do I do it? What's going to happen if I can't make it right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, in the military, they call them battle buddies. You got to find the same yeah. thing in the outside world. You got to find a couple of folks that you can rely on, that you can talk to, it can be mentor you, that can guide you, that can be your, 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 your you know, your soundboard, that can be all those things. You got to, you're going to have to create new relationship once again. But I always tell folks, look, you're not the first person retiring. You need to start reaching out, you know, at minimum three years before you retire, you need to start making contacts with everybody that you worked with in your sheriff's office, city, in the military, you know, because there's a lot of folks that retired and now they have cool careers. And you need to go and connect with them, you know, and, and, and somebody told me the other day in a podcast, you got to sometimes just eat your pride. You know, if, if no, you can't find anybody that works for a company that's from the army. All right. Find somebody from the Air Force. All right. And just tell them, hey, we're military folks. Let's talk. Anyways, man, it's about it's, it's about leaving your pride behind, I think, Adam. And you got to be be humble yeah. and you have to to, you know, in a way live the old servant leadership kind of life or just being a servant to the process. A lot of people just want to be like Carlos, you know, kind of, you know, leadership director level kind of stuff. Well, man, there's a lot of years for me to get there. And you know, this is, this is my career since I was young anyways. So being humble is it, man, and vulnerable being vulnerable. A lot of things that I've learned that uh, law enforcement folks, military folks are afraid to be in the workplace is vulnerable. You know, I tell yeah. my people all the time that look, look, I mean, I'm leading special forces folks. I'm leading guys that have, you know, were running Fort Huachuca. They were doing director security with NASA. 
you know, and, and they're part of my team. And I tell them all the time, I'm, man, I, I literally am so vulnerable all the time. Like, how do I lead such amazing folks like yourselves? You know, help me. And that's something I learned from Disney at 31, leading a one-star general. Actually, uh, one of my bosses said, Carlos, you, you can't talk to him like that, man. Uh, go, go sit down with one of them and ask them to help you. You're going to see how things are going to change. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, man, you got to be vulnerable. You got to tell them, are you afraid? Are you afraid to lead them, Carlos? Well, boss, uh, I don't want to say I'm afraid. Man, look, you could be honest with me. I said, you know, it's, it's daunting because these folks have this major career. Here I am, a little guy, right? Well, go tell them. Go tell them that you're afraid. Sit down with them and tell them that you're afraid to lead them because of their background and where they came from. And, and you're just trying to make a career in life, you know, for you and your family. See what happens. And being that vulnerable changed my entire career and in, in how I, you know, I moved up in the Disney company. And then later on, I got a chance to get out here to California with the Great America Complex, Super Bowl 50, you know, go into Amazon and then shoot up into, into Facebook. So vulnerable and humble. There you go. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent advice. And that really resonates with me. Uh, when I, when I became undersheriff, I was only 30 or 31 and, yeah. uh, I was the youngest undersheriff in the state of Colorado at the time. And uh, wow, I came congrats, in. Man. I came. Thanks. I came but into the, the agency. On your shoulders, though. Yeah, it was huge because it wasn't it wasn't like the, the this agency that I became undersheriff in was one that I spent my my time and my career in. I came from a much bigger agency and, and then came out out here. And right. um, these were all people I was leading people I didn't know. Uh, many of right. which that had been cops longer than me. And right. uh, it was the same thing. It was very awkward at first because I'm thinking, man, how do I, how do I gain, how do I gain their respect and get them to understand that, that, that I do have something of value to bring to them as a lead, as a leader, yeah. even though I'm, I'm younger than them or have less time in the career than them. And that's what it took was vulnerability. It took me sitting down one-on-one yes. -on -one with each of those people and saying to them, listen, I, I, I know that, you know, I don't have 20 years in or 15 years in like you do, but I yeah. want you to give me an opportunity to show you what I have to offer and it, it just yeah. being vulnerable about it. Yeah, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's yeah. This whole this whole thing is about corporate security, right? So I, I want to know yeah. what keeps you what keeps you in it. Like, what's so what is awesome about corporate security? What's the draw for people, both the reality and and maybe not so. Yeah, you know, for me, it's going to sound really weird, and I, and I really mean it. It's not about the money anymore. I've gotten to a point in my career that it's not about the money. I make enough money. Facebook, a lot of tech companies pay really well, and we have tremendous bonuses, and we have tremendous stock options, and that's the beauty, by the way. If you ever come from the government world, you don't have those things. By the way, call me anytime. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'll, I'll tell you more about it. I'm very, I don't care. I'll share with you numbers. It doesn't matter to me. So that's not it. What keeps me going is the opportunity to give back, to, to feel that I'm needed. You know, I have this feeling that I... If I'm not needed, then I'm losing it. If I, I can't, if I can't put my mind, my thoughts into something and create something, you know, either in the basis of policy and procedures, audits, assessments, figuring out new standards of build and everything else, uh, then then it doesn't drive me anymore because money is not everything. 
I, I left AWS making more money, by the way, than 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 Facebook. So money is not everything. Is that feeling? And I think we all, all adults, uh, have that the need to be wanted. You know, to be part of something great that's building something. We like to build. I don't have to build it with my hands anymore, but I can build it with my mind. So that's what keeps me in corporate security because it's ever changing. Look, COVID nineteen. COVID-19, I was part of the COVID-19 team for, for Facebook. And I'm talking about from day one, March March 3rd, we started kicking this thing off of last year. And I finally got out of a team this year. So I was in it in a year through all the steps, the iteration of, of the different types of, of EOs, you know, how many people we're going to have at the, at the sites, who is essential and who's not, all the way through testing. How we're going to test people as they're coming into the science temperature checks. How we're going to temperature check. How we're going to do um, the the six feet apart distancing uh, within the data centers and, and global security. How we're going to and, and now do we have these these tests that are coming in that we're going to ask our folks to test every uh, every week or so. I mean that is what excites me, man. Is being part, being in the middle, being in the thick of things, still building, still growing. That's where it's at with corporate security, and it's ever-changing. You know, somebody comes in, have an active shooter. We're very focused on that. Now we're building things for this. You know, somebody comes in, and we're dealing with a lot of asset protection issues. Well, let's everybody jump on this and do asset protection. We executive protection, which, by the way, uh, I hate it. I'm not an executive protection guy. Uh, (laughs) You have to really love that. But look. We're moving into people's houses. We're putting security systems everywhere now. We're putting security systems in vehicles. Well, how do we attack those problems? That's what I'm about, man, is attacking problems, you know, and being needed. There you go. Right on. Awesome. A lot of stuff. Sorry, buddy. No, that's good, man. So tell me, you you mentioned your book earlier that's coming out. Uh, So you want want to get into corporate security. T- yeah. Tell me more about that. What motivated you to write this book and and what's it all about? What motivated me at the beginning is that I had a lot of amazing leaders that knew absolutely nothing about corporate security. That is the God honest truth. And I would find myself two to three years just educating, right? So I said, and, and, and sometimes it would impede me from being needed. I didn't feel I'd be needed. I felt like I was babysitting for a long period of time because I've been doing this since I was freaking 19 years old at the Walt Disney Company. That's been doing security since 19, corporate security since 1955 at a large scale all over the world. So I said, what can I do? What can I do? And I sat with a couple of my past bosses and I said, what can I do to help you? Hey, what do you, what do you know about cameras? I don't know much. What do you know about analytics? What do you know about software? What do you know about intrusion detection systems, right? Southwest microwave, any of the vibration system, IR beams. What do you know about? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know much about that. Okay. I'm going to put something together that before you even retire, and if that's what you want to do, you want to go to corporate security, I'm going to put a step-by-step process from looking into cultures, talking to people, reaching out to people, going through interview processes, understanding just a tidbit about what corporate security is all about and breaking all those things down that I just talked about from standards all the way down to security systems and more. I said, if I could put that in place, then maybe I don't have to spend so much time educating and I could go do other things that I want to do is get really involved with the teams, man, (laughs) really push the teams to move forward. You know, I want to just get down and dirty in that kind of way. By the way, I learned a lot from teaching too, so it's not like it's not like it was a waste of my time, and that's not what I meant to say. I just needed to set them up for success before they even became my bosses. Uh, I think that's what it was, man. 
Yeah, that's I, no. I'm fascinated by. I mean, I'm not interested in transitioning to corporate security personally, but you've sold the book to me because I, I mean that just sounds fascinating to me, and uh, th- I definitely would be interested in reading yeah. that. I'll tell you, it goes deep. It goes a little bit deep too. It goes into fence lines. You know, a lot of people doesn't don't understand about four Ks through twelve, how the Ks work on fence lines. I just give you a little bit. I don't give you a lot of stuff because nobody wants to really go in deep in that. I uh, talk about intrusion detection systems just a li- just enough. By the way, this is just enough to get you talking like you know what you're doing, uh, so you do really well at interviews. There you you go. know what I mean. I just want you to just have enough, man, about the this the system and how corporate security works. So when you get into that interview, you know people ask you technical questions, which usually I'm the, the technical interviewer, you know, for Facebook. You know, I'll sit there, man. I'll drill you. Tell me about you know key systems that you used. You know, and I've gotten people before, yeah, you know, we used to use a sheet of paper and people used to take a key number two and we used to put their name in and and, uh, and put key number two <laughs> next to it. And then we put out, check. You know. I mean, I get that. I get that all the time. So anyways, man, I I just wanted to help get people prepared for when they come into my field, they already have an idea, you know, and how to really be successful. So, yeah. Awesome. And is, is this your first book? Yeah, this is my first book. So it's a soul series. So this is a so you want to get into corporate security. Uh, the next one is so what is security? And underneath it, there's going to be a line through is and it says isn't uh, because a lot of people think that law enforcement into corporate security is an easy transition, military to corporate security is an easy transition. There, yes and no. Uh, like, like I said, you might not want to be a road sergeant uh, as a cop and all of a sudden you're taking over a, a team that's... Um, I don't know, security systems. Unless you know security systems, that's probably a bad idea. Um, so what is and what isn't? And the last one is, uh, so you want to be a corporate security leader. And that's for the folks that really want to get into a leadership position in the corporate security world. And, and that's going to be all about leadership in the corporate security world. Brilliant. So are these books coming out like an immediate succession to each other? Or, or what's the timeline on that look like? Yeah, you know, it depends on my wife and kids, uh, <laughs> how fast they allow me to type. Uh, but it's not an immediate succession. Uh, we're, we're taking uh, every every six months or so, we're going to be launching a new one. So June coming up. So hopefully by December, we have the second book. And then after that, uh, we'll have the third book. Um, but yeah, look, I'm pumped, man. I just, like I said, I just want to help. I want to get people to be excited about corporate security. I want people to get in. Uh, Scott Walker has this thing about getting a, a military person into every single corporation. I, I believe he's right. For me, is it started really more law enforcement because military has a lot of help. Uh, as you probably know, military mm-hmm. has a lot of groups that are willing to help people transition, but law enforcement does not. Brian Tuscan is going to be coming out with, with a website for law enforcement folks to help them transition. So y'all check out Brian Tuscan also on, on LinkedIn. Yep. Awesome. Right on. So, where do you think uh, where do you think the future of the corporate security industry goes? What does that look like? Yeah, man. For me, it's going to be technology based. Uh, it's going to be uh, based on customer service. One hundred percent. We'll start running away from from a lot of the the principles that directly um, guide people towards a militaristic style, a law enforcement style of business. So, customer service based. One hundred percent. Almost like concierge. 
you know, if you go into a lot of companies, the front desk folks, you know, a lot of them were kind of back then they used to be called secretaries. Now they're called coordinators. But, uh, you know, that will be kind of a, also a security function, which is kind of is in some companies now. But it'll be technology based and customer service based, 100 percent customer service uh, with report writing and everything else being secondary, you know, observing, you know, observing report being secondary. So that's how I feel. And this is a guy coming from Disney, right? Where everything for us, that's what we're called security hosts at Disney because our job is to host everyone. Uh, how we approach things is about hosting and talking to people and reaching out to people and guiding them in a direction, you know, always trying to attempt to figure out where they want to go next and read into their minds and how we can share our, 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 our Disney message and at the same time guide them to where they want. That's what security is going to need to be like in the future if you want to stay. A lot of these big companies which I won't name any names because I work with a bunch of them. I love to see that. I love to see them move into a 100, well, 99% customer service based. And then the other 1%, the security stuff, which you can teach anybody. One of the best uh, security officers, hosts I ever had was a guy that was with Buffalo Wild Wings as a server. Started with Buffalo oh, nice. Wild Wings. And he was the best server in the world. Guess what? He could talk to people, man. He was, so yeah. anyways, customer service and technology, my friend. Right on. Well, any uh, any closing thoughts or anything you wanted to cover that we uh, we didn't do so already? Nah, listen, I mean, thank you for doing what you're doing. The public safety innovator stuff, it's really cool. We need it. Uh, the future is here. Law enforcement and everybody's getting beat up. So we have a lot of great things that are going on and, and I, um, a lot of weird things going on in our industry. And I hope that we become more customer service based and, and that will allow us to kind of move forward into the future. So I'm excited about that. And I'm here. I'm here. Call me. Talk to me. Find me on LinkedIn, everybody. I, I want to help. That's what I it's in my heart to do. And, you know, just like myself and guys like Adam, we just we just want to help, you know. So. Heck, yeah. All right. Well, why don't you uh, take a minute, plug your stuff, your, your books, your podcast and tell everybody where they can find you. All right, so the podcast, you can find me everywhere. It's the Corporate Security Translator, the Corporate Security Translator. And you can, anywhere podcasts are available, that's where I'm at. Uh, also on YouTube, you just plug in the Corporate Security Translator. And I'm the guy that comes up on the videos all the time talking about uh, different things, uh, everything from just corporate security. We're coming up with a new podcast called BSing About Security, and it's just that specific, Adam, to a lot of the stuff kind of that we talked a little bit uh, today. Uh, it could go anywhere. I don't know. There's going to be no script. So we're going to throw that out. Uh, and the book. The book is coming out with uh, How to Conquer is the publishing company. And it's coming out with uh, So You Want to Get Into Corporate Security. June 30th. Pre-sales are out there. Uh, I'll, I'll give everybody the link if you want. Just reach out. And um, yeah, that's it, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. And of course, as always, I will put all of the links to everything that Carlos mentioned in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at psi.chat forward slash 025 for episode 25. All right. So thanks for tuning in, Carlos. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, and of course, everybody stay innovative. Love it. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. 
Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes, and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you.